1: Before we dive into the podcast, John, everybody remember, we have a YouTube channel. It is uh, named after us. I know, big egos. Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel. Go check it out.
2: Also, Guy, we have been telling everyone, and if you've been listening, you know this, to leave a review on Apple, iTunes. A lot of people are like, how do I do it on Spotify? I don't know. I need you on Apple (laughs) and uh, (laughs) Apple podcast. Leave a little review, leave a question, and we will do a mailbag podcast. midweek Wednesday we, we will do a mailbag so leave your question in the Apple section and we'll do it there also check out the the YouTube page
1: what's weird about the mailbag is it like I feel like we don't they don't all show up to the end of the week so get them in at the beginning of the week and then they start showing up by Wednesday Thursday and I don't know somebody tell us how you can review on Spotify because uh Spotify turns out it's a big deal yeah, it's like
2: gambling on golf when you check the ESPN app. A guy's actually on hole 10, but his score's only updated to hole 6.
1: You know what? Can we give a quick shout-out to golf, by the way? Congratulations, CBS. 2021, they decided to put the leaderboard on the TV the whole time while guys are playing. It turns out it's important, and uh, people want to know what the score is. Yeah, they're still a little behind on the Haberman idea to
2: put the the money at definitely the back nine on Sundays, how much money is on the line
1: every That's putt. such a good idea. <laughs> it All is. right, here we go. Middle cop hey, AB Hey heaps! Pretty locked in on Sunday, John. To uh yeah, I mean the Johnny Mantell highlights from Saturday night. I was very offended by the person who tweeted at you and said, Is that Haberman on the call? <laughs> <laughs> who do you know who was on the call? No FCS? idea. No. But from what I, I, got- I from the highlight, it sounded like they encouraged people to just yell all at the same time. Gotcha. Uh, I got an broadcast. email
2: from our buddy Andy Dolich who I think is a part of this venture, and asked me what I thought about the draft, and I responded like, I'm not trying to be a dick. I didn't even know this league existed. This was like middle of the week. Yeah. And then watching that thing go kind of go viral, I follow uh, Bob Menry, is that how you say his name? The Buffalo Wild Wings guys. He, I think, owns the Zappers, the team that Johnny okay. Manziel plays on. Okay. And uh, Marshawn was the owner of the other team. So I don't know, do the fans, were they calling the plays? I, I Oh, was this that league? Only- yeah. Fan controlled football or fan called oh, football. Okay. That's the
1: FCF. I've been that's hearing about it for was. a while. Yeah. So that's what that was going on there. Gotcha. Gotcha. And that was airing on Twitch. Is that where that was? Or where were those highlights on coming Twitch, from? Yeah. Airing on Twitch. You know, the one Manziel made a sweet play. You couldn't see what happened until you saw you kind of blocked off by the, where Where was that game? Was that an old like uh, arena football that's, setup or that, something? That would be my guess. Was yes. it a 50 yard field? Arena football uh, style. It, it, lo- it looked exactly like the
2: arena league used to be. Right, the San Jose was it San Jose Rattlers? Was that their uh, name? No, Arizona was the Rattlers.
1: San Jose was the uh, Sabercats. SaberCats. Yeah, Arizona Rattlers had a pretty cool helmet. I remember they were the. Remember they were just like for twenty years, just like the <laughs> Patriots. I thought. I mean, we could look <laughs> back and see they won like two titles, but yeah. So the Spokane Shock came along a little later on, John from the AF two. Well, Matt Matt Nagy was a champion in that league.
2: He won a he won a like the legitimate arena league that used to be on ESPN. He was a champion.
1: I think wasn't John Gruden's brother? Jay, yeah, Jay. <laughs> J- J, but but was Maggie was a quarterback in that league? Jay was a quarterback in that league.
2: Yeah, won the arena league bowl. Like won the won the chip. Yeah, I thought Jay rattled off like three or four. Wasn't Jay like one of the most accomplished
1: arena league players ever? Jay, yeah, Jay that, was a great <laughs> arena great. league quarterback. They used to show the clips all the time. You know, back early in his coaching career. Well, I remember back in like the mean streets
2: of Davis, Sacramento. You know, whenever I'd go home, be like my dad and his friends. One of the guys that this is an arena league, but was Ricky Ray, the Sac State guy, Canadian paid in the CFL.
1: Yeah, just like Canadian League. Let he's like Doug Flutie Junior up here. I still remember the the sports section when Ricky Ray went up to the CFL and got. Remember he got paid i don't remember what it actually was i I thought it was like a million bucks over
2: two years or something i mean it was a lot of money we'll
1: have to ask jt o'sullivan maybe he knows the answer to that question did
2: he did he play up there too i don't know that was just his rival i remember and jt i think when i was in high school or junior high he was a little obviously he was older than us he got arrested for being wasted and doing one of those like for the holiday donations but it was just money for himself downtown davis yeah, he was shit and
1: uh, got in a little trouble. I mean, I mean, you know, he's a a college kid. What, what, how much was he really taking from people, huh? Yeah, five yeah, was much. He dressed as Santa. <laughs> you know, yeah, n- n- no, no big deal. Uh, anyway, but but I did. I, you didn't seem you didn't really have much belief that uh, before you get into a bunch of football that Spieth was going to win that uh, Pebble on on Sunday. No, I did not. Yeah, good bet. Uh, I had little to zero belief. It is a little sneaky
2: Under Armour comeback, though. Like, speed's relevant again. Yeah, Curry, little... dominating this year. Brady, another championship. It does, you know. I, as Bryce Harper? Did, yeah. I mean, someone's like, well, Posey doesn't count. I'm like, yeah, he doesn't count anymore.
1: <laughs> That's over. Posey's going to make a comeback this year, John. Under Armour's golf shoes look so terrible. Literally, he's making a comeback. He was home last year, so. Yeah, he's making a comeback. He's playing. Uh, you had a we'll pair see. of you had a pair of Under Armour golf shoes, right? They I bought a pair this weekend,
2: actually. Too, I threw my old pairs away. They were just cheap. I got like you know for like sixty bucks. Yeah, a white and a black pair. I got a black pair that actually looked pretty good. I think the ones Jordan wears. I, I don't. I've, I've tried really them on. They're either. uncomfortable. They just look funny.
1: Uh, congratulations! Since we're talking about golf, by the way, to C Caffrey five nine nine. Uh, that's the winner of our uh, DraftKings game. You can uh, obviously go to DraftKings and sign up. Boss Blanco finished second. Limp eleven eighty four. Rip Javid and Trefo. Those were the uh, top five. Uh, this was a small was game. Mix. Yeah, you were in the mix. The first place paid uh, sixty five bucks this week uh, for a five dollar entry. Not bad. Middlecoff, you finished uh, what eleventh or ninth? Eighth. Sorry, with Jason Day. S. Burns, yeah. Kevin Strillman, Max Homa, Pat Perez. Only had JB Holmes miss the cut. I finished thirty something.
2: A lot of carnage over the weekend. You know, I'm just your brother I, I, Jeff I finished
1: at- uh, 38 eighth, thirty-fifth. Yeah, fuck him. Uh Roy Sabatini did not come through for me. And shout out to our last place finisher, the real Tony Cervone. Who uh had four guys missed oh five guys missed the cut. <laughs> yeah, you're in a trouble. special <laughs> a special award goes out to our last place finisher. What do you I, I think actually we should, know we'll Tony make, <clears throat> and uh he makes great food, John, over at uh, Suvla, but I, not I, great I, on the I, draft case.
2: <laughs> I think I think we do a hundred person game. Riviera, the Genesis this week, Packed Field, Finao's, the Dustin oh, Johnsons, yeah. the Kepkas, the all the top guys are playing in it, lays the Colin Markowas, the Hovlins. So I
1: say we just do like a solid hundred for ten. I like it. Yeah, we'll go big this week. We will go big this week. All right, John Carson Wentz. Um, how about? And I appreciate this. I I I don't feel like I've really seen a lot of Jaws lately. Ron Jaworski. Speaking feels of the like NFL, he's been off the radar a little bit. But every once in a while, he'll pop up with you know Colin Kaepernick going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Sorry, that's I really like Jaws. We just make fun of that one. Um, you know, you, well, you, take, we, you take We were talking in the swings. business a long time ago. You gotta take a stance. You can't be offensive or no, right? no. You take some big swings. I uh we're very pro-Jaws on this show. Maybe we could get Jaws on the show. I've anyway, tried, I've DM'd him several times over the years. He follows me, he never DM'd me back. Hmm. Maybe we gotta go around as PR people. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh he says the Colts offered two twos for Carson Wentz. Um, you think about where we were a week ago, it felt like Carson Wentz was on the verge of getting traded, which would be in the best interest of the Eagles if the market thought that. I think I think the Eagles were banking on some uh, Carson Wentz FOMO. Teams are freaking out a little bit that someone else is offering more than they are. And it turns out everybody's willing to be pretty patient on Carson Wentz. Two twos is not exactly what the Howie Roseman has in mind.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just simply... The first thing you have to ask yourself when a player is quote-unquote available is you, why is the guy available, right? And right away, unlike if someone's back to the house analogy, if someone's selling their house, you don't ask yourself, like, why are they moving? Like people move all the time. It's pretty natural. It's not. And it's become a little more in vogue. It feels like this off season. People don't trade quarterbacks, guy, not legitimate starting quarterbacks, not guys they've drafted. It's a little bizarre, right? Like Stafford to me in the history of the league, that is somewhat normal guys in their mid thirties, been a place forever, not winning. That happens. Carson Wentz, Jared Goff, like, That's a big red flag. Why do you want to get rid of Jared Goff? Well, he's not good enough. I think most people go, okay, we get it. Carson Wentz, why do they want to get rid of him? I think like his talent. Now, if he had been really good, they're probably not trading him or thinking about trading him. But even if he had been shitty, and we've talked about this over and over, I just don't think they're running to trade him. I think the big issue is he has character concerns. And when I say character concerns, first people think is like, People that get arrested, right? right? People that get in trouble. That is not... You can say a character concern, at least when I was in the biz, guys that just aren't maybe a great guy. That aren't just like, you know, the the famous draft day story in the movie when he, the guys didn't show up to his birthday. Like, that type shit in football with quarterbacks is really something. And I, and I do think... We've said this over and over, guy. If it was just his talent, I don't even think it's just... it no one would argue he would fetch a first round pick if he just had a shitty year but everyone's like character's pristine but that goes back i think most people would be like well they never trade him then if everyone if he was beloved in the building right they they have themselves just a big red flag and is for as bad as his football was and he was the worst starting quarterback in the league this year uh, according to uh, middle cop ff that They have themselves a problem on their hand because I think the other teams know that like, you know, people ain't lined up to get a guy that might not be a great locker room source. And that's you can even say I wonder if Ballard is like this is still pretty risky given two twos for a guy that, you know, has
1: some issues. Right. Yeah. It could be one of the problems for the Eagles is that two of their primary trade partners or potential trade partners, the Bears and the Colts, maybe know the guy too well. And uh, to your point there are a lot of guys that become available for a variety of reasons. Quarterbacks aren't one of them. And it's really the biggest position where you can't have a guy that you'd almost rather that he got, like his teammates loved him, but he got arrested for something, for like a barroom fight. Like if if Carson Wentz had been in two bar fights and arrested twice, but was beloved in the locker room, he'd actually be a more acquirable player. One million percent. That's the crazy thing. (laughs) And it's not really that crazy because what matters to an NFL team is does he fit into my locker room? Will these guys lead him? You acquire him and you go, you know, obviously we know he's got to mature, but the one thing you can't deny when you talk to people who know him, they love going to war, standing shoulder to shoulder with this man. Not a single person has said they love going to war with Carson Wentz. Not a soul. In fact, when they go to war with somebody else, they talk about how much they love going to war with Nick Foles and Jalen Hurts.
2: Yeah, but God, the offense looks a lot better. That's the first thing everyone says. Like, wow, we were a lot more efficient. We executed a lot better. It's... I don't know, and I'm not trying not to overreact or hyperbole or all the bullshit, but it's one of the crazier fall from graces when you factor in part of it is there are these unique variables that'll probably, it'll never be duplicated, right? Because I think Jeff Hostetler once, we were really young, but like when he won the Super Bowl, when Phil Simms was starting quarterback and got hurt, I don't think Phil Simms was ever viewed as like one of the best quarterback. He was a good player. He was a starting player on a great team in the Giants, but he was like... Uh, I'd say a quarterback, you know, like a game manager type. And it was, he, he was still the starter and the backup won it, but it was never like this guy's, It was he was an older player at the time. When it happened to Carson, it was like, well, you know, he's so young, he'll be fine. And then it just, it always just kept derailing more and more. And now we're at the point where, think about this, the 49ers who desperately want to upgrade a quarterback, I've been told they're not interested in Carson Wentz really at all, even for like cheap. Like they they wouldn't even be like yeah we can get it you know him fifty cents on the dollar because you talk to me that is a good line to have we we don't even want this guy and I think a lot of people go we wouldn't want this guy regardless of the price because he comes with a price right he makes a lot of money and he's you're kind of stuck with him for a couple of years he's right. not part of like getting Jared Goff who is not nearly as talented as Carson but has stayed healthy beside a kind of a freak injury to his thumb like him and clearly the front office, they didn't maybe love him. But I do think he was, people like him, you know, for the most part. He, yeah. th- there's never been an article like, you know, the locker room completely turned on him like there has consistently with Carson. And when that happens at, at wide receiver, if he if Carson Wentz was a wide receiver, he'd get traded. I, I think there's a lot that goes into trading for a quarterback guy. It's, I, I'd say as a GM slash owner slash coach it's probably the biggest personnel move you ever make whenever you either draft a guy or acquire a guy that's expensive or trade for a guy right it was we we poo-poo when the Niners were like god he got Jimmy for really cheap and they had to think about it you know for an hour or whatever but that is in fairness like it's a big move like we're gonna acquire this guy you're kind of in the boat with him then for a couple years probably
1: it means we're not gonna get Kirk Cousins in that case right it does
2: truly pigeonhole that because it's the one position, I guess, beside kicker or punter, but let's not even pretend like those parallel the quarterback. That you do kind of just put all your chips in the table on a guy for a short period of time,
1: even if you don't give him a long term extension. Right. Well, the th- and the thing to your point with Carson is it's not you're not taking a flyer on him. You're putting him in your locker room, and if it doesn't work, you're stuck because of his contract. It's not and when you trade. two to a starter. Right. Well, yeah, that too. But it's not. Let's try it, and if it doesn't work, we lost our picks. But we'll move on and pivot because of his contract. You will not be able to resell the home. You're, you're screwed, and now you might be worse off at the position. So, I, you know, I, there was the story that maybe they would attach. Did Jeremy Fowler write this? That they maybe they would yeah. attach Ertz, who's got a twelve million dollar cap number this year. You know, I I do think for them ultimately. They do have two teams that are truly desperate. They have the Colts who are truly desperate. Like, the Colts truly need a quarterback.
2: I would do two twos if I was them, because I have all this cap space. Get Ertz to go in my offense with Pittman, Jonathan Taylor, T.Y. as a free agent, and Carson, because I do think that Ertz and Carson are, that's the one guy that's kind of had his back and been a supportive individual. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. You bring him along as kind of a bridge to the other kids yeah. on the playground.
2: And Ertz is a really good player. Yeah, right? twelve million dollars probably, probably like single digits. But you know, he's that might be kind of lucrative. If, but that does show you that that's even being talked about. They're having to incentivize this player because, like you mentioned, if it is bad, you're not only not trading him again, you you are cutting him in two years if this doesn't work out. Right? That that's and that's a that, wasted two years. Yeah, it's a wasted two years because you gave up picks. Clearly, if you're cutting them, that means you're probably not making the playoffs. So their picks in the second round, pretty good. It would be a disaster if you if he doesn't resurrect his career. And when I say resurrect his career, like become a consistently solid quarterback and be a guy people like. Because part of it is not if he just plays middle of the road and people don't like him, that's a problem, right? To me, if you're a top eight guy, you're like, yeah, hey, he you can be a little bit of a dick. But if he's like, okay. 14 15, which the, I think the Colts would take. They just won 11 games with Rivers. But what I bet they are Philip Rivers is probably beloved in there. They're like, I remember Chris Ballard when they, whenever he retired was like, it was an incredible six months having him around our guys, right? Yeah, <laughs> it could be the opposite with Carson. No, they went, might get the same level of play out of him. Hell, he might be a little bit better, but if it's like you know, he walks in like a shit don't stink, and Michael Pittman doesn't like him, and Jonathan Taylor's like, what's this guy's deal? Because, like, those two guys right away, and, like, uh, the dude from Notre Dame, Quentin Nelson, if you're Carson, it's not on them to buy into you, right? You you need to get them to buy into you. Like, those guys, they get to feel, feel you out a little bit because they're going to hear some things. Right. But, like, the core of their group is, I'd say pretty high-level guys, right? Michael Pittman, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin, Quentin Nelson, you're talking, like, Team captain levels in college, super high character. They're just, when I think Chris Ballard guys, I think like kind of like the Belichick version of a GM, like kind of just wants to hit doubles, solid guys, super high character, not into taking like crazy swings that are like his crazy swing was for like DeForest Buckner,
1: right? Which wasn't crazy because keep in mind, DeForest is. He's he's a 10 across the board, right? He's a great example. They went all in on him, but he's not just an all-pro player. He is an all-pro guy. Like yeah. get, when I'd say he's probably we, a better
2: guy than he is a player. I mean, he
1: has a great rep. When we, before we had check on our last last week, and we were just watching a bunch of check videos and whatever. And one thing I stumbled on was DeForest Buckner interviewing Kyle Juszczyk at the Pro Bowl. And you just all you gotta do is watch DeForest Buckner for two minutes, if you, even if you haven't heard a thing about him. And you just go, DeForest Buckner is an impressive guy, a likable guy, clearly liked by his teammates. Just comfortable in his own skin. Obviously, a guy they love to play with. Just it's it's obvious in two minutes that's who DeForest Buckner is. You're right. That's who. Now the Bears, the culture in a desperate situation because they don't have a quarterback. The Bears are kind of organizationally in it, right? The the culture in a desperate situation as a team, as an organization. They're not in a desperate spot their coach, their GM, everybody's safe. Everybody's fine. Yeah. The Bears are, like the Niners, are not in a desperate situation organizationally, and they're not in a desperate situation. from. They do have Jimmy, whatever you think of them. Yeah. The Bears are kind of in a desperate situation organizationally, it feels like, right? Like it's a make or break year. So if they're not willing to trade a lot for him, that shows you something. Yeah, that they might. Yeah, it does. I'd argue
2: the week, when Carson was clearly like hey we want to get rid of him this week and no one really bit is pretty reflective on Carson Wentz. Like that's it, and I and I understand how as a human he goes I'm making all this money, I'm blaming the Eagles. Like I, I don't think he's being introspective or self-reflective right now, but that's just the reality what the leagues telling you. And maybe he'll learn it when it gets even uglier than right now, but it's like bro, no one's trading for you. Your team wants to get rid of you. It's pretty sad how far the guy's fallen, right? Because, like, you you were at Oracle on Saturday night. Harden Chase. became a complete, or ch- excuse me, Chase, became a complete turd. I mean, basically just double middle fingers, whatever, this year. Incredible to have Rachel Nichols speak for you because it just makes it seem like, God, was Houston wrong? The way she kept shaping these narratives, like, but what no one ever argued is, like, yeah, this guy's elite. Right, you just got to yeah, be one of the two. In the ass. I, I'd even say Kyrie too. Like Kyrie clearly can be a complete pain in the ass, but then you just watch him start cooking. You're like, holy shit! If, if Carson was just like, you know, he's a top five quarterback, he would already been gone, right? No, they wouldn't be trading him.
1: Yeah, they wouldn't. If, be he, him. if he was a top five quarterback, it wouldn't matter what he said to who. It didn't matter if he brushed by. Well, let's, Jeffrey say, let's say,
2: okay, field. let's say he was a top ten quarterback, and they still just hated his guts. He would have been traded already. Like someone would have paid maybe a one and like two twos, right? It Like his play was that bad and he's a pain. I I just don't know if his stock, for a guy that still has like, obviously if you're injured or whatever, you have no value. Like he does have value. I don't think his value can be any lower.
1: That's the other thing is like his value is this low and the Eagles are not saying, all right, let's try and get his stock up and next year we'll move him. They're just like, we got to find a way. We don't care what it costs us. It's going to be addition by subtraction. Now, I mean, they do care what it costs them because they don't want two twos. They want a one. But the market is not – they are not drumming up the interest and creating the uh, uh, the feeding frenzy that they had hoped. That much, well, You clear. know what shows you just that it, they've even thought about like, hey,
2: man, we'll give you Ertz, too. It's like, hey, I'll sell my house. You know, I'll, I'll throw in uh, – Throw
1: no, in no, the car.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll throw in the Expedition, too. Well, whatever's in the well, garage you can have. Yeah. K- keep it the couches yours too yeah <laughs> it's like oh, fuck.
1: yeah it'd be like you'd be like are are you running from the FBI why are you <laughs> trying to sell it like this what's wrong it would kind of make you concerned that there's money hidden in the walls or something a body's under somebody die okay. here yes carson's career well all that leads us to Jimmy Garoppolo this was Jeremy Fowler Sports Center on Sunday he wrote of the 49ers they or he said actually they believe they can win with Garoppolo, but it would take a big swing like a Deshaun Watson effect here to make that change. That was SportsCenter Sunday, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN reporter. Um, I don't view that as anything has changed. Nothing has changed as I read that. Does that mean anything to you? I'm completely with you. I, it, that
2: not only means nothing to me, I, I think they're overcompensating that they don't want to be like the Rams and golf. Like they just saw a team that is like – in their division, the way they handle the situation, they have not done that at all with anybody, let alone a guy that they might end up being stuck with. And I do I think I mean I know that they're not high on Jimmy, and it's just no human is he. He's missed the entire season with an injury that countless other guys on the team came back from. Uh, you just a big part of abilities availability. <laughs> I do think you got to be careful though, because you start seeing the landscape, you go well. There are a lot of teams in the mix right now, and if we do just get stuck with him as we like head toward the draft, once free agency kind of ends and the trades ends, we don't want to get into a position where we just completely shit on him and are still have him on the roster, right? Right, right. But to me, if if they get shut out, like Darnold gets dealt, let's say Deshaun Watson ends up getting dealt, Russell Wilson, let's just say chaos happens, all these wins, all these quarterbacks move, nothing happens with the Niners. We've seen countless times before, I'd say, well, they're even more inclined now to make a move come the draft, trade up. Yeah. Because the moment they did that, they trade up in the draft to get to pick six or seven and take Trey Lance or Justin Fields. Jimmy's technically still on their roster. Would we go that night when we're recording something? We go, is Jimmy traded by the morning or do they roll it back with the two of them? We'd be like, yeah, I don't, I'd say everything's on the table, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I, I it, everything is on the table. And part of that would depend on, we'll get to Mariota, but. I think part of that, my reaction when you put me in that position is, well, do the Patriots have a quarterback? Could they? Part of it might be, yeah, we'll run it back with Jimmy unless someone gives us a two and then it becomes worth it or unless someone gives us a three and then it becomes worth it. If we can only get a five for him, then yeah, we'll keep him around with this rookie. Um, But I do think this, this has been consistent. Fowler said it's been consistent in the reporting. It was similar to what was said about Derek Carr. And it all focuses on Deshaun. Right. When when the report is unless they can hit a home run or some version of that, what does that mean? It means Aaron Rodgers demands a trade. It means Russell Wilson wants to get moved, but it really is about Deshaun. Yeah. And it and it doesn't make any sense to do anything now. Um, if part of the Deshaun deal is everyone's just waiting to see if he'll actually get traded or not. I think ultimately if the Niners don't out if the Niners don't end up with Sam Darnold part of that will be because they have chosen not to end up with Sam Darnold, right? Like, it, part if, if, if Sam Darnold gets traded and it's not to them, we'll have to see the compensation. But part of that will be they evaluated Sam Darnold and they would rather have whoever else they have, right? Whether it's a rookie or wait for Deshaun. But it means Jimmy. And I don't think it's unreasonable, as much as I would love the idea of seeing Sam with Shanahan, just kind of, is can this guy play or not? Um, it's not unreasonable to watch Jimmy Garoppolo and watch Sam Darnold and go, you know what, we'll go with Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's I think that's perfectly reasonable. It's uh, not I agree. Okay. It's not unreasonable to do the same thing with Wentz. If Wentz ends up on another team, part of that will be they chose not to pursue it, right? To the degree with whatever the compensation is.
2: Yeah, and Wentz makes so much cash. I, I completely understand why the, the 49ers are not interested in that. With Sam Darnold, where I would understand not doing a Sam Darnold deal, there's an unknown he might not be good. Like, And Jimmy might just be average too, but at least his average is already like... Le- like Sam Darnold, you might not be able to win eight games on a good team in meaningful games. right? I know they went 7-9 two years ago, but remember they won all these crappy games down the stretch. I'm talking the season started, you think we're your playoff team, you play the Rams, you play the Packers, you play whoever you're playing on a given week, and you're just like, we're playing another 12-win team, he might not be good enough. Jimmy might have his bad moments, but we've proven if I'm Kyle Shanahan or I'm John Lynch that I can compete with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like there, that to me is an unknown. Now I'm intrigued just because I I want something new. Like that's my take. Right. I just want something new. I, I'm just right. done with Jimmy. I'm tired of that's, talking that's about
1: That's that's you Jimmy. the the John Middlecoff, and that like the. the, the, the The content creator, not you, the GM, right?
2: Yeah, and the, you know, the former scout slash football guy who just says, I I don't depend on guys I can't depend on. Like, I've seen Jimmy. He's let me down multiple times. When I've gone into a season thinking, like, let's just see what he... Gone down, disappeared. I'm not in the business of guys I can't depend on at quarterback. And Wentz would clearly fall under that, too. He's been hurt a bunch. Like, that's where I'm at on Jimmy. But, like, who am I... I'm good with doing the draft. I said over and over the Deshaun thing, and I know we've we've done other videos and topics and podcast stuff about this. Ideally, now, Chris Ballard said this like a month ago, like everyone's just like, draft a quarterback. Dra-. He's like, you don't think I know that? You can't just pick a quarterback because you need a quarterback if you don't love the quarterback. You got to like the quarterback. But that is the way. That is the way to like the Packers forever. They drafted Rodgers, the, the Patriots. Now I think we see the, the Steelers forever Roethlisberger. You know the Patriots would break the Seahawks' uh,
1: run started with it.
2: Yeah, it just that, that's how you could cons- because you get this you get to kind of build your team. It's just so much less complicated. Now there's there's a lot of unknown when you're drafting at twelve. To, you don't know if you if you like two of the four guys, right? And when I say the four guys, Trevor doesn't count because he's gone. So you basically just go Trey Lance, Zach Wilson. I throw Mac Jones in there and. Uh, Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Well, you go, well, two of those four are probably gone by five or six, potentially. So d- we don't even know. There, There's a huge unknown. That would be my move. I'd roll Jimmy to the draft, try to trade up to get the guy I like. And worst case, I just roll back. Ideally, I get the guy, and then I flip Jimmy during the draft. And yeah. then sign, like, a Fitzpatrick or whatever to play my bridge with my young guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's... The, the Fitzpatrick the part, wind. the bridge guy, the, the problem. This is why every time we talk about Jimmy or people DM me and ask me, Do I think he'll be back? And you get that I've gotten that question so many times in my DMs, like, what are the my buddy and I are arguing right now who's gonna be the week one starter? My reaction is generally like, look, I think they clearly are looking for another quarterback. They're very open to it. But replacing your quarterback requires you to have another quarterback. You don't just get to like uh You know, leave that spot empty for a couple of weeks and wait around until the right thing comes along. You have to play somebody there, and that's always that is always the sticking point with replacing a quarterback is you have to have another quarterback. So,
2: do you agree if they draft a guy either at twelve or move up even higher to get one of these guys, that guy's starting like Jimmy. To me, that guy and Jimmy Garoppolo will not be in the quarterback room together. Like I just, that's hard to see. Not in today's day and age.
1: Yeah. That, I, Kitna, Carson Palmer, back in the day, a little year. Well, part of it probably depends what do they think of him. But I got to think that Kyle Shanahan, given his experience with, particularly that year with RG3, believe Now, RG was a highly drafted player. too over pick, yeah. But I got to think he believes, and I do kind of believe that Kyle can play with a rookie quarterback. Um, the part where I, where you just said is when you go Fitzpatrick, it's like, well, wait a second, if you're signing Fitzpatrick, who's your starting quarterback? Because Fitzpatrick can, probably would, just beat that guy out, right? Given the fact that he's Ryan Fitzpatrick. So, I, I, But Jimmy might be better than that guy originally.
2: I just, can you leave Jimmy Garoppolo next to Trey Lance when Jimmy goes, well, clearly, even if I play
1: this year, I'm done after this year. Like, I don't, fuck these guys. Well, I think if your plan is to pay him, sorry, to play him, if your plan is, if you draft Trey Lance, you're like, we do not think he's ready, but we got him jimmy's better i do think you can play jimmy garoppolo i do think yeah. you can do that because we i pay you 25 million you can't complain yeah yeah like Part we drafted you and tom brady yeah. kept playing yeah so i but again like I, i'd be and a little different with, when the guy's a top 10 pick it's right? true it is but ultimately you got to do what's also, best for tom, the team you're tom brady
2: what, what is jimmy has no leverage to complain like Jimmy is leveraged out. You just show up when they tell you to show up. And you, and you try to keep that guy on the bench. Yeah. But that's become a little bit, I'd say in the NFL, people complain a lot more now. And they they always have. But I'm just saying the quarterback thing, it just threw the agents and the money. I'm just saying
1: nobody Yeah, but nobody there's you they draft the Trey Lance. Great. You haven't been get on the practice field. Maybe 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 won't be good. Like you just gotta you gotta put the because the one thing I would say in that situation is you are still in a good – if you're going to resurrect what people think about you, Jimmy Garoppolo, in that spot, what I would tell him is you're in a pretty good spot to do it.
2: Well, yeah, to right? me – Kyle the Shanahan, only way Debo, keep, the whole deal, Kittle. The only way you'd keep Jimmy is like you didn't have a good offer and you will just like, we'll wait till next year or maybe the season. But the way I look at it, if you're willing to draft a guy in the top 10, he's got to play right away I, because then he builds toward his like where he's ready to win in year two. You only have that four-year run of his cheap contract – I agree. Like to me, you got to go put all your chips in the yeah. middle table, and I would say if that happens, I would be stunned if Jimmy Garoppolo lasted 24 hours on the team.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I I, I think there's there's just is that scenario where if they if in your scenario where you said if they think he's the backup not ready to play yet, then I do think you keep Jimmy. But if we're sitting here on draft day and they draft a quarterback, my immediate reaction is going to be how long until they trade? Is Garoppolo traded the next five minutes? Right? Yeah. Um. But I think that, would, that's part of where... It would depend on destinations, for sure. It, like it, yeah, it depends on than. what... I, where's Marcus Mariota? Yeah. Where's Deshaun Watt? Where, where are all these other guys? Who's been drafted? Did somebody else... You know, maybe somebody moved up and got somebody that we didn't expect. Prize Picks is America's number one fantasy sports app because it's the easiest and most exciting way to get in on the action. While you watch your favorite players in sports, you just pick more or less on two or more player stats, and then the fun is on prize picks has something for every sports fan from basketball to hockey to league of legends and everything in between it's really simple to play you make your picks submit an entry in less than 60 seconds i'll do it at halftime of a basketball game and i also have some season long more or less picks on mlb homers you may remember i've got less on otani homers this year we'll see and at halftime of your next nba blowout game just jump on and go, ah, Steph Curry more than 11 points in the second half. It'll change the game for you. Download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. That's HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize picks, pick more, pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year, you get salmon, chicken breast, And that actually, John, does lead us right to Marcus Mariota. This is from Mike Reese of ESPN. He wrote about Marcus Mariota. A couple of things of note. With the projected cost to acquire him, a late-round pick, and his salary about $10.6 million being reasonable, New England would have the flexibility to add another quarterback should the opportunity present itself later in the offseason, like Garoppolo or a draft pick. Then he finishes with, keep in mind he covers the Patriots, I'm warming up to the idea of Mariota as a strong plan B if Garoppolo isn't available. So part of the reason he writes this, you go catch up on what they're writing about the Patriots, is there is this Garoppolo conversation that's happening there, which of course it is, because the Niners are in this whole other conversation about replacing him. And he does seem like an obvious replacement for Bill, but... um, you know, the Niners would have to move him. And I. there is this whole other thing that I've been thinking about the last couple of weeks just in the back of my mind. Maybe we could talk about as the offseason goes along. Is like, you do have to be okay with the possibility that, that he looks great playing for Bill Belichick and goes to the playoffs. But that's a whole other thing. This is about Mariota. What do you think of that? The possibility of Mariota being, there's a few kind of tangents here, a late round pick and a good option for the Patriots.
2: I think there are some parallels with uh, Jimmy and Mariota. Like a guy that battled some injuries, a guy that had success, a guy that won a playoff game. Uh, he he actually did more in the playoff game than Jimmy did in either of his playoff games, <laughs> not counting the Super Bowl. Uh, I think the best thing Mariota has going for him is his contract. So you immediately get a guy that only costs ten million against your cap, who can start games, who started a bunch, and doesn't you know derail you from drafting a quarterback because you're not you might give up a fifth round pick. So if I give up a fifth-round pick, if I'm Washington, I go, he's better than anything we got. We signed Heineke to like $8.25 million. It was 500 guaranteed. So they basically like, we like Heineke, and it was one of those that we don't want to let him hit RFA. But they didn't – $500,000 in the NFL isn't that much money. You could even keep three quarterbacks or have Heineke and Mariota and go, maybe we go into the draft if we can get up. Maybe we can't. The Patriots do not have a quarterback. The Bears do not have a quarterback. I actually think Mariota – is an easier guy to trade for than Jimmy Garoppolo. and Just because he makes way less money. You know, because I don't think you're counting on either guy to carry your team. I think they're both kind of similar. And one guy runs around. You could argue right now, if I was a team, now the Patriots are unique. Because they have the guy that drafted them and the offensive coordinator who was around them and played a game with them or those two games, right, when Tom got suspended. So I understand that. And their shit's complex there. But all these other teams, if you got into a pinch... Would I rather have for a fifth round pick a guy that makes less money and who's just kind of more? I'd rather have Mariota than Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt all the time. Maybe so does Mariota, but like not actually. He's pretty healthy this year. Uh,
1: I guess he did get hurt in training camp. Yeah, he was slow to start the season, right? Because of an injury. But wasn't that a. Was he recovering from a surgery? He was. Yeah, he was hurt when they signed him, yeah. remember?
2: And then I do think he got kind of banged up. Remember, there was a stretch where like Peterman was the backup. It was kind of weird there for a couple of weeks. He had a bad training camp, but it was part of health. Because clearly when he played late in the season and he was the quote unquote backup, he was healthy, right? He was a healthy player. Yeah,
1: yeah. I don't think this year makes it murkier for me because Garoppolo in a game and a half, basically less than a game and a half, looked pretty bad when he was healthy. You know, um, I do think. Borderline awful. It was really alarming. Like it, this is not just. I mean, this is largely an injury conversation that we've had with him over the last several months. But it's not just that. It's easy to forget there was a whole conversation about whether he's good enough happening, and then he got hurt. Um, you know, the money really matters. We're talking about more than half as much. I my bet right now is that Marcus Mariota is not as good as Jimmy Garoppolo. But again, that's Jimmy looks so bad at the beginning of the year that it, it, I don't feel real comfortable saying that. I don't think Marcus Mariota is like a top, what would be the number, 25 NFL starter, 20 NFL, maybe 25. Maybe 20 is the number I would put.
2: I'd say he's better than 25. Yeah, I'll make
1: it top 20. Uh, You know, uh, I think he's an okay fallback option. Uh, To me, if Bill Belichick goes into the year with Marcus Mariota as a starting quarterback, part of me is going to wonder like, is he really? Hey, Marcus Mariota's
2: off? made the playoffs before a starting quarterback. I know. In 16
1: games. That's happened on the Titans. And he might be able to make good. the playoffs for Bill. But Bill's standard is win the Super Bowl. Like, is Bill going to go two years without really finding a true replacement for Brady? Because Mariota ain't it.
2: I, I I do think you know forever it was like the only people that could bitch and moan about not winning a national championship or not winning the Super Bowl was the Patriots and Alabama. The Patriots no longer get to be like, our goal is to win the Super Bowl.
1: Like, their goal now is to get back to the playoffs. Yeah, but they've, like, is is Bill, who to me probably but He doesn't is, have any options, guy. He's, he's uh, fucked. I don't know. Do something dramatic. I, yeah, With I just. who? Where? Dra- to draft a quarterback. I just think. Uh, but what if he doesn't I, like any of those guys? Yeah, well, I don't know, man. They're in a bad. To me, this is not the answer, but you're right. It might be the placeholder. I don't think it's the long-term answer for them, but I don't know that anyone's arguing that it is. I don't know that, you know, I'm not, I don't think Jimmy wouldn't. necessarily would be. No. I look at Bill, me. though, like Bill, I, I think, because I, who did I see? Oh, Ty Don. He tweeted out the Deshaun article the other day that we made a video about. And then one of the things in that article he wrote was that there are some people that around the Texans organization think that David Cully, the head coach they hired, is a placeholder until Josh McDaniel's contract is up in two years in New England and they're going to hire Josh. And my, what I, I replied to him and I said I, to me Bill's going to retire in two years and hand it over to Josh. Josh hasn't sat in New England this long to go take over the Texans job because Nick Casario's there and they don't have a quarterback and they're a bad organization to go work for uh, uh, what's his face. So I like I don't like See, my,
2: my take. My take was they were going to that, that he was the placeholder till Josh McCown took over to Josh McCown. Josh McDaniels. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, to me McDaniel's is I think Bill's got a couple years left. Um, where I'd push back on that a little
2: bit though, forever, I'd say when the Niners hired Kyle, right from like 15 to like 17 or maybe 18, whenever he turned down Indianapolis, he was viewed as like, okay, he's done his rehab. He did his Dan Pompey article. He takes notes about why he was a shitty guy. And he felt like, ah, Josh, you know, like if Josh wanted to go grab a burger and beer, like that article made him feel like, ah, this guy's pretty cool. You know, he's kind of like figured it out. But once he did the indie thing, I feel like everyone's off him. The Eagles, guy, the Eagles chose Nick Sirianni over Josh McDaniels. If the if the Eagles had offered Josh McDaniels the job, he would have accepted it. I was told they the final two was Nick Sirianni, Josh McDaniels, and you can say they went with Nick Sirianni for different reasons, but Josh McDaniels was there like he would have taken that become a head coach. I don't think people. So this is back to my Texans. I wonder if he starts thinking, like, I'm not going to get another job. And we see how coaching waiting goes sometimes, right? Remember it happened with Must Champ? That was the first time I've ever heard of it. Must Champ, Mac Brown. And he realized, like, is Mac really going to walk away anytime soon? And he just bounced. Remember he went to, like, Florida? Because, like, I, this guy, fucking, I don't know when he's going to retire. And, you know, Texas or Florida, but Florida was like, hey, you want to be our head coach? He's like, yeah. And I think it's easy. A lot of people are like, shouldn't he just take over for Belichick? Well, yeah. But does it feel like Belichick just anytime soon is going to be like, see ya?
1: I think he retires in a couple of years, if, especially if he's coaching four years without a quarterback.
2: Yeah, you'd think, but these guys are addicted, man. He's got no. I else know. to do. He doesn't I, have hobbies.
1: I, believe me, <laughs> no I hobbies. know. I'm just...
2: Uh, and he's not going to do TV. So it's it'd be one of those things, like if you told me McVeigh in 10 years walks away for like five years, burnt out, and then goes to TV and then makes a comeback, I'd understand. Bill has nothing else to do. doesn't play golf, uh, goes to Nantucket, but fuck, he can go the great part about being is Bill Belichick he can go to Nantucket like every other weekend now, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. I, I just, I'm with you. I don't think he just wants to be part of something shitty, but he views it like, I'll fix it.
1: Well, I do think he wants to fix it. Because one thing I heard, Michael Rosenberg, you know, the SI writer who we always like, he writes like the big piece. Uh, was it with Rusillo or Simmons he was on? And I think it, it was, was Simmons. It,
2: it was Wickersham.
1: Was it Wickersham?
2: Yeah, because Wickersham was talking about how Bill didn't want to leave the place shitty.
1: Yeah, he was going to. He didn't want to coach past seventy. Wickersham's writing what? a book.
2: Uh, well, I don't. He didn't say that. He, Wickersham's deal was well. One, whoever
1: was, whoever was well, so, so Wickersham must be writing a book about Bill and the Patriots. Uh,
2: whoever Wickersham was on was talking sentence. about writing a book. Yeah, I, I was just uh, the part I heard was him saying one thing he's always told people. He does not want to leave it in a bad spot. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. So that's the same conversation. And he didn't want to coach past 70 is what he's claimed. So well, he's what 69. is he, 60? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like I I don't know, but that's a whole separate issue. D- does you just m- but
2: like last year, part of the Mariota conference or Jimmy or whoever, you just need a guy to get you the season. Yeah. If you don't have anyone. No, else. I know, you do. Not everyone can have fucking Mel Holmes. Right? Who? Mahomes. Oh, I was like, who is Matt Holmes? <laughs> nah. But eventually, like, Jimmy Garoppolo and Mariota are going to be starting quarterbacks for people come week one. It's going to be obviously not in the, t- you know, Mariota, no chance the team he's on. I guess no chance, but very slim. And Jimmy, who knows? But, like, those guys are starting just because there are only so many spots. And you see eventually, like, the Heineke's have a chance. Right. They, there's just there's only so many slots at the table here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I does does Mariota being on the Raider uh, sorry, does Mariota being on the Patriots the second he signs a contract with the Patriots or gets traded to the Patriots, I should say, does that mean Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners have one less place to send him? Yes.
2: But that also means then Washington might not have a quarterback or Chicago might not have a quarterback, right? Yeah. The Colts. But- the Texans might end up needing a quarterback. You just... Could, no. could Jimmy
1: Garoppolo play for the Colts? Like, wouldn't shock me, actually.
2: Like, wouldn't you say... If the Texans do trade Deshaun Watson and don't get back a Sam Darnold, don't get back a Tua, they do need someone to play quarterback for them. Like, you could just potentially trade in there for like a fifth and just get rid of him if you don't need him come the draft, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. If you don't get Deshaun Watson. Which I've been told and the rumors are out there they want Deshaun Watson, obviously... I'm just torn on it a little bit. Like, I, you got to tell me the price. I'm just not of like, I'm trading four picks for Deshaun Watson because part of me is like, Kyle, you should be able to get like Justin Fields to be
1: 90% of right, or right. whatever. or whatever. Uh, I did a poll the other day that said uh, if the, what well, we talked about on the podcast, right, if the Patriots had acquired like the last two ones and the last two twos for the Bucks for Tom Brady, would the Bucks have still won the Super Bowl?
2: But you wrote out their names.
1: Yeah, right. Devin White, Tristan Wirfs, Vita Vea. I don't think... I, did I say Vita? I said Don... I said... Uh, uh,
2: Winfield. Winfield. Yeah, safety.
1: And then uh, Derek Pop, our old producer, was like, well, this is crazy because two of those guys got drafted after they got Tom. I'm like, all right, well, pretend they were the picks and not the individual players. Right. But that's the
2: that's but the, the point. point. Yeah, but the point you, is... The so picks then, don't have names. You wouldn't have those picks.
1: Right, exactly. But... Uh, so then you have a conversation like, "Yeah, but if without Tom, those guys wouldn't have won the Super Bowl." It's like, "Yeah, that's the point is you need you need the whole thing." And this goes back. We, you and I have talked about this for years, and I've always had this take: championship coaches. You know, who they have usually the the best players are on their teams. So when we talk about, well, Phil Jackson had Michael, that's why one of those titles. Yeah, yeah. Or, or and John died. Wooden had the greatest college players, and Red Arback had the greatest NBA players, and. Bill yeah, but, Walsh but had the me, greatest quarterback.
2: But to me, part of it is like their ability is identifying it, drafting them, and then cultivating it in their Like part of Belichick is like, did he have the best players? Well, he drafted Brady, he drafted Gronk, he drafted Richard Seymour. He started drafting all these motherfuckers. Dev, you know McCourty's, Edelman. Like he draft them, and the Niners, like they have done that on a couple guys. the The, the Raiders, I think, are tra- kind of in no, kind of in a looser spot. They don't have as many impact players. But to be a great coach, you need to find the guys in the draft that you liked. And then not just obviously a quarterback, but even some of these other positions. And then they get better under your watch. Like, that's part of the deal. Like, part of, like, how did the Steelers, why are the Steelers so good? Well, I don't know. They drafted TJ Watt in the 20s. And then he looks like 90% of his fucking brother. Right? They drafted AB in the sixth. They just aren't going through. Like, it doesn't look like, oh, you know, they traded for 17 guys. No. They draft them. They draft them. That's part of the deal. Right. But in the context
1: of the Deshaun conversation, it's like, well, if you have to trade half of your, if you have to trade your best players for him, and it's a lot of them, are you winning the Super Bowl with that team that's been gutted?
2: Yeah. It's so much easier to do in the NBA. Like, yeah, I'll trade you. What do you guys want for Harden? As long as it doesn't include Kevin Durant or Kyrie, we'll give you whatever you want. In In the NFL, it doesn't really work like that because draft picks adding the ones are such a big issue with it or you know such a big part of like your addition to staying great it's it's really kind of unique the way the rams have done it and you'd say really one of their picks became the greatest player maybe ever (laughs) you know i mean it's just that's that to me has a huge factor like how did the rams really pull it off well they they arguably have the best player ever non-quarterback yeah like that's potentially what they got right like part of like you look back at like those parcells teams like how many Hall of Famers they have? Well, they just had this Lawrence Taylor, but they say he's you know Lawrence Taylor until like Aaron Donald, Reggie White came around. Was like the best player ever, non-quarterback. When you have that guy, I do think it skews the way. Like, well, you know, build through the now they just this guy wrecks shit all fucking game every game, and you're gonna get a double-digit wins.
1: Great plan by them to really put that together, though. That's the <laughs> blueprint, John. That's what you try to repeat. Yeah. Uh so, yeah, what
2: do you, you can th- get? The, one of the greatest players ever, then I'll trade some ones.
1: By the way, on Mariota. Sounds like you know we've talked about what you're going to get. I, I've said I think we agreed no better than a fourth. Feels like maybe a f- fifth feels too cheap because because when I'm sending him to you, I know you're taking him to be your starting quarterback, right? I know, but, but you do, but you don't though. Okay, so you what do you mean I don't? Because I could start a rookie, so might be oh, my oh yeah, you could. But I just you know. to me part of the value of Marcus Mariota, even though I don't think he's necessarily worth a fourth, is that I know the team acquiring him probably needs him. Yeah, you're right. You could be a team that okay, you just want it, them for let's cheap do it. security. I'll, I'll
2: be Washington football team. John, Mike, uh, Mike, I know you have to ask John before you say yes. Uh, we'll give you our fifth.
1: I say Washington football team. What, where else are you getting a quarterback? No. Fourth round pick. That's what it costs. O-
2: okay, keep them. You'll have uh, $35 million on the yeah, quarterback. Okay,
1: well, sure. Then we can wait a week and see if you guys are still desperate. I, I just, What other quarterback are they going to get? But I know
2: you have to get rid of him, and
1: I don't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, of course there's a scenario where you end up with a fifth, but there's also a scenario where you're desperate. You don't have anything, and here's Marcus Mariota who can start for you only as it costs $10 million. Now, maybe we do a fourth-round swap.
2: What I think would be fair is I I give you the fifth, and if he starts and we come to a deal, if he's one of those conditions, right? If he's my starter for over half half the games, like over eight games, then I think it bumps up to a fourth next year.
1: I always think those trades are so weird. But
2: I think that's fair
1: because it's like,
2: what's your leverage? You're you're not giving me Deshaun Watson here. This guy, there's a chance he doesn't start a fucking game for me. And I'm helping you out by taking money off the books. I know you don't want that 10 million. Yeah. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, that's that's where they lose leverage. Again, I don't think he's worth a fourth, but I also think they got to know if you're acquiring him that if Bill Belichick calls on Marcus Mariota, I mean, I know he's starting for you. If I was the Washington football team, I would trade a fourth for him just
2: because I actually think they'd be pretty good if he's just solid.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, and I said pick swap, but the, their pick's better than the Raiders, so they wouldn't swap. I mean, you know, they made the playoffs, so the Raiders yeah. pick is better. So it doesn't <laughs> – in my head, they had the – that's the other thing. is This is not Washington with the fifth pick of the fourth round. It's, you know, in the no, b- they better back reckon. end. <laughs> Even
2: though they didn't win as many
1: games. I know. Actually, is it like one? I got to look at the draft order. It's like one or two spots different, I think, isn't it?
2: Well, yeah, because they want, they were by far the worst record in the playoffs. And since they lose in the first round, they are the first pick of all the playoff teams. What is it, 20 or 21? Uh, right?
1: they're, they're at like 19, and the Raiders are at uh, 17. Yeah. So. Uh,
2: so what happened, right, is forever the playoff team started at 21. But when you add two playoff teams, it goes 19 and 20 are now playoff slots, right?
1: Uh, 18 and 19 because the adult... Uh, oh, yeah, you're right. 19 and 20. Sorry. Who's tw- who's 20? Chicago.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, both those teams... Sh- let's face it. I mean, Chicago shouldn't have been a playoff team. And in Washington, it's just that happens every once in a while. The bad division yeah. gets in the playoffs. Yeah.
1: So, Urban Meyer, who you and I both advocated for hiring, is off to a rough start, John. He has hired and fired his strength and conditioning coach very quickly. And it makes me wonder if Trevor Lawrence should wonder if going to Jacksonville is actually as stable as maybe we think Urban Meyer would make a program, or in this case, an NFL team. Would you be at all concerned? Are your antennas up at all if you're Trevor Lawrence or Rep representation?
2: Yeah, I mean, I watching highlights of the pro day, Urban Meyer was basically in the huddle right next to the guy snapping it to him, standing right there with Dabo. So it was just, I do wonder in Trevor's, I don't, it's hard to call it a bubble, but I do think when you play in a huge program like that, you live in the bubble of that program, even when you are a super duper star as he is. Now he signed, he's been working out with Carson Palmer's brother, Jordan, who had like a powwow on the beach. You follow Jordan Palmer on Instagram. No. And he had like this dude on like with dreads playing music and like Josh Allen's there and Trevor Lawrence is there, you know, for the guys that they get ready for the pro day and Jordan led his pro day. So I just think you're just kind of in the mode. You think Urban Meyer is a high level guy, right? Trevor Lawrence is from the South, played at Clemson. He's going to hear good things about him. I don't know if this in a vacuum does anything to Trevor Lawrence, like the, the strength coach. I Honestly, I think it's meaningless. But I do think it reflects Urban a little bit of... Did we talk about this last week? Uh, Maybe we did off the podcast. Just of all the people you could hire. Now, in the NFL, unlike college, like if me and you, if I'm the head coach and you're my AD or whatever, fucking USC, you see it with Sark, if you're at a big program, you can hire people from other programs. Hell, you can just... Ohio State can hire a guy from Michigan, right? In the NFL... If I run the Cowboys, or let's just use Urban as an example, I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I want to hire a guy from Kyle Shanahan's staff. If that guy's under contract, I can't hire him. Whether I want to give him ten times, the guy could be making five hundred grand. I'm offering him five million. It does not matter. We're in college. Clearly, from the pros, I can pick anyone in college. Now we've seen recently. I remember first started thinking about it when remember Jack Del Rio when he got the Raiders job, tried to hire a defensive coordinator from college, and people said no. And part of it is the guys make so much money. Grantham, this right? Guy, yeah, who's still, I think, with Dan Mullen at Florida. Who's kind of a polarizing guy, I think, in like, quote-unquote, SEC country, right? Hadn't he been at, like, Louisville
1: is, at the time? Wasn't he at He'd he L-
2: been at Louisville yeah. for Petrino, yeah. And then he went to Mississippi State, and then he went to Florida. Like, he's a highly thought-of guy, but I think in the individual bubble of, of the Gators, they're down on him. This guy, before all this shit happened at the beginning of the season with Iowa, I think was viewed as the best-ranked coach in the country, right? Iowa consistently a top 15-20 program yet they do not get five-star guys. And all their guys, when you think Iowa, it's not like speed, it's like strength, right? They're kicking ass. So I get it from a football standpoint, but once he gets fired, I mean, basically, you have to go for racial comments and just in the times we're living in, like that just to me shows everything. I've always had a huge red flag on Urban Meyer. He is a elite coach. Like you could argue if he could just stay a place a little bit longer, he would be every bit as Nick's equal. But he's like bounce around a little bit. He quits, but he he's beat Nick head to head multiple times. Like it's he's elite. But he I, I think he's a complete fraud because he unlike like Belichick doesn't pretend to be some moralist. Kyle McVeigh, none of those guys do. Urban kind of has that vibe, and part of it's his college stick. But it's like I, then he hires this guy who's just fired for all these racial shit forever at Iowa. Like, come, what are we doing here? And clearly. I think I saw one of the guys. Is it Wasserman is a big college football writer for the athletic? Is that a last name? Ari Wasserman. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Yeah. The, just uh, someone had a tweet, like a guy like him that said the big difference, the urban was used to doing whatever he wanted at Florida or Ohio state. Cause he didn't answer to anybody. The, the president. Cause they had AD football coaches in
1: charge in college. Yeah, they basically oh, answered to him.
2: Programs. Yeah. They, right. Even the, even Gene Smith at Ohio state and what's his name at Florida when urban left. Was a really famous AD, I forget his name, when he hired our guy Jim McElwain. Remember, he showed up at his house at Colorado State. Famous AD, he hired Billy Donovan, too. Uh, Jeremy, yeah, Foley or something like that. And I do wonder when this thing got out of control, and I don't even want to say on social media, when people were just like, Fritz Pollard came out with a statement, like, what are we doing here, guys? that it does feel like it wasn't Urban's like, oh, I got to do it because of peer pressure. It was like the owner's like, no, we has got to go. Yeah. And that's the first time that's probably... Guy, when all those things happened with his wide receiver coach that was like his mentor's grandson, right? Something Smith. He refused to fire him for a while. Refused to do it and they couldn't do anything. And then the, it got so out of control when like she was, you know, tweeting out the fucking text messages. He had no choice in the Ohio State like... The, the entire university kind of got involved. I, this it never happened this fast with a guy like now. Did he? He, had
1: to- he still taught a class on character and uh, leadership after that at Ohio State, right? Didn't he do that?
2: Uh, I that- think he
1: did it after he retired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, and Floyd wrote something similar that this is that this is a lesson that Nick Saban learned that the NFL is very different than college. Um, in this way, like the owner is in charge of you. No matter how much success you have in the NFL. Because isn't it weird in college? Like, if a college coach,
2: let's use an even number, makes $5 million. It actually comes from various places, right?
1: Not an even number, but I know what you mean.
2: $5 million? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I meant like just <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, simple.
1: No, <laughs> 10, whatever.
2: <laughs> they, they don't get like, you know, whatever the direct deposit from just the school, right? It's broken down the school. You know, like I know the state in, institutions pay a couple million. The, another deal pays a million. You get like, some money from, from your media
1: responsibilities. You make $250,000. Yeah.
2: Like Andy, Nike Andy Reid or Bill Belichick's $11 million just comes broken out over 12 months. Right. I would imagine. Right. right. From one place. <laughs> just complete. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, um,
2: look, I think, why, why would he hire this guy
1: of all the people he could have hired? Because that's how he's operated. I'll do what I want. And in the end, me telling everybody, Hey, I know the guy. He's a good guy. Is going to be good enough. People have to say okay. The the, the part of this is that that is so head scratching is not just, you know, it's not just that it happened and then I saw Florio broke it down. Like he got six or seven straight questions in his press conference about it to the point that the the moderator for the Jags had to stop the, the questions. It's not just that. It's that the Chris Doyle did. No, no, no. Urban got so many. Like, Urban got a question and then a follow up and then a follow up and then a follow up and then a follow up. And, and finally, like, okay, guys, we got to talk about something else, um, which is unusual. But it's also. For a,
2: for a strength coach, I think it happens with a player. Well, every I, once I, in I while, told right? you
1: when it happened. It's like, if I were them, I wouldn't have announced it. If they wanted to try and get a, the, the, the last thing, again, they probably weren't going to "quote unquote" get away with it, but their only shot was to not announce it, and just like a month goes by, and people realize the guy's on staff. That was their only shot to slide it by people.
2: And I and I push back. I think that backfires because maybe it, it does come out that that would have got out. This guy was too big of a polarizing figure, right?
1: Well, the other yeah. So here's my point, though, John. The, the only one part of the problem is trying to sneak it by everybody. The other problem is. If all the stuff about him was true, you were gonna have a problem with your own players, with NFL players being coached by this guy. The college players said, This guy's a we don't want to work with this guy. Right? So he was taking a risk on two fronts. On one front, it was I can make this higher and no one can force me to fire him. And on the other front, it's no, this guy's gonna work with NFL players and it'll be fine. It was a double risk what, he took on this guy.
2: What I had read about the guy, and I'm sure you did too. Are pretty just the basic things of like was racial comedy. Like he'd be yelling at guys like, "I'm gonna send you back to the ghetto. You're gonna go back to the ghetto." Right. And stuff like that. Yeah, and not as much because clearly as a performance guy, as the strength and conditioning coach of that program for I think basically two decades. And when he was fired, he was the highest paid strength and coach, strength and conditioning coach in the NFL, or in college football, or at least one of them. Uh, it might have been the highest actually. And I think for people that don't know, I mean, if you're a football fan, I think we all realize, like, the strength and conditioning coach is pretty important, right? Football is a game of strength. <laughs> so that guy plays a huge role on your team. Like, he's, to me, a strength and conditioning coach. If you got your head coach, your coordinators, maybe like an O-line, a D-line coach, like, your strength and conditioning coach is more important than a lot of position coaches, right? Like, it's it's easier to find a DB coach than it is a sweet strength and conditioning. So I, I can see where Urban just goes, this guy's elite, I'm taking him. But, like, he would have to know everything that happened coming to the NFL. For for all the positions, like, you just couldn't have had another guy lined up. I don't... Right? You, just, you couldn't have got another. I just don't... I, it's hard for me to comprehend. But but I also comprehend it pretty easily when I go, this is Urban Meyer. He does not give a fuck. Like I, but, but again, I, I, John... My, my nickname for him has always been kind of Fraud Meyer, because I just think he's kind of a fraudulent person. Okay, Great but, coach, but, but again, that
1: to me, all that applies... like the media stuff like i'm just going to force this hire in and no one can stop me but for him to not have the foresight to think well isn't uh isn't dj chart going to read this article even isn't miles jack going to read this article isn't josh allen going to read this article aren't these guys going to read these articles lavisca what about we got all this money what about my free agents? Yeah, exactly are they going to look at me and go wait a second dude did you really just hire this guy like that was potentially a problem that he never even got to, although now it kind of is a problem for him because he tried to he hired the guy. So I don't. Again, I advocated for him to get a job. I would have really considered hiring him for any of the jobs that were out there because I think he's going to give you five years of building your organization, and he's going to get Trevor Lawrence, and so he's going to be set up to succeed. But my, my biggest red
2: flag on the guy at, from a coaching standpoint is definitely the last two spots in Ohio State of Florida. He was the king pooh bah and like, like Saban, everyone answers to him. Like everyone just, in a weird way, kisses his feet, right? I mean, you get on your knees when you're around him because he's that elite. He dominates, and at the program, there is not a player. Think about it, Alabama and Florida. And Alabama now is how I mean, who knows? I mean, fucking 100-plus first-rounders in Saban's tenure, maybe. Maybe not 100, but probably close to 100. Florida and Ohio State had a ton. And not one player, including Tebow, or even Tua for as big as he got, ever were as big as their head coach. Right. Tebow might have been had a moment, but but T-Bow
1: Te- was, yeah. Yeah,
2: bow was. And it took, and he, he's gonna go down as like one of the most famous, accomplished college football athletes of all time. Yeah. Those guys are used to everything is like cut and dry with them. I think one thing with pro football, while it's a lot about you, Belichick can have that because you walk in, he's got six rings, right? Tom showed up to Tampa, it was the rings. Why does DJ Chark give a shit about like Like, bro, I've been playing. I got more NFL experience than you do, Urban. Like, there is a balance that I do wonder. It might be a little, especially if you don't win right away. Yeah, it's gonna be. A, it could be a little more difficult if he just thinks I'm dictator, dictator, dictator. Because that is how he's used to operating, and it yep. works. Yep. And that was always the pushback. Like Randy Mueller, who was Saban's general manager, told me it was just difficult for him to do some of the minute just the minutia of being a head coach of like, we just got to bring in this random DB. And he's just used to like a random guy doesn't just show up on Alabama's roster, right? Or LSU's roster or Florida's roster. But in college or, you know, Andy Reed every day, like a guy gets hurt. Some random guy will be a practice. Just part of the deal. And He didn't even You're watch the film,
1: right? You the GM just care. got him. It's like,
2: yeah, put a fucking tape on his helmet that says Smith, right? <laughs> it's just that I, I do wonder if that is going to be an element of urban, not, being able to control everything, and having to answer to people, players included, right? I mean, they, they have some juice. Trevor Lawrence is going to have a lot of juice. Well, now, I, he's such a good guy. I, maybe he does get a little rocky. The other thing that people don't talk about is the division is pretty hard. Houston stinks, but India Tennessee are not going anywhere, yeah. right? Those, those teams are way better.
1: Their well, floors gonna get, are high.
2: He's going to get his ass kicked. India Tennessee
1: have teams. high floors, right? Even if they're not Super Big Bowl time. contenders, you're just... Yeah, it's maybe more, more than
2: likely they lose all four of those games, right?
1: Against those yeah. two teams. What's more likely? Urban's the coach for two years or five? Two. Yeah. And then it's a, that, and then if Trevor Lawrence is good, it's a really attractive job. But I, I, I do wonder It's just a weird situation like, for him to come into.
2: When the Chargers hired Bran Staley. And this is this is not the right way to hire because you always want to get the best. But you start thinking to yourself, like, who's going to be a lot easier to deal with on a daily basis? Because they're because they're it's not it's not guaranteed that Urban's
1: going to definitely. Work, if you're an right? established GM, you think that. If you're Tom Telesco, you think that, right? If you're the owner, you know, you would say the Chargers do not have a strong owner. The Jags do
2: financially, but not successfully. No, no, no. Yeah, I know, just mean in terms fan.
1: of like the impact they have on their organization on a daily basis. Like the like shut like they are just involved. Like I am. I want to hire the best. Like that's what the Jags think, right? Yeah. It's not the Chargers, it's more like Tom Telesco do your thing. Yeah, it
2: it would it would shock you if it came out like Tom Telesco and Dean Spanos got a secret meeting with Lincoln Riley, right?
1: Uh yes, it would that the the Spanos part of that would shock me. If if you told me Tom Telesco wants Lincoln Riley, I See, I don't know. No, I'm, I'm saying me. they got a meeting. They'd be like, damn, that's like something that a big
2: time organization would do. We don't view, like, Shod Khan was getting interviews with people, even if he shouldn't. Now, part of that was the number one overall pick. Yeah. But yeah. if I had told you Sean or Shod had got, you know, a two hour conversation, uh, he flew or Zoomed with Lincoln Riley, you'd be like, I could see that. Right.
1: Because he called.
2: Yeah. He showed up. Big time. So remember, that was David Tepper's deal. He showed up at Matt Rule's house. Right. I, I would imagine the seven years, $65 million helped, but
1: it is powerful. When I you a housewarming house. gift. Let's check. Uh, a couple other things, John. Number one, Lorraine. I call her Lorraine Lombardi. Don't know her last name. Is, is the internet still... Uh, annihilating Lorraine? Is she, is she not slept now in two or three days Her dad made the th- lombardi trophy i mean I, like i think it di- i think it died off probably late okay. saturday she was getting hammered for like two days Destroy, destroyed because she said she couldn't she said it was disrespectful to her father's handiwork he's the guy that like made i guess the original lombardi trophy guy i saw I everyone from like an elon types to like kepka talking shit everybody, everyone was shitting on her just people who never talk <laughs> shit were just talking shit and if you missed the story, she was upset. She thought it was disrespectful to her dad's work that Brady threw the trophy across uh, Tampa Bay Ocean, whatever that water is, to uh, to Gronk. Was it like a was it the ocean or is it like a lake or a river? That, that's I assume that's it was the question.
2: ocean. I,
1: yeah, I, I assume it's like
2: the ocean comes in. You remember, uh, did you ever watch Hulk Hogan had a show where he like drove around on a boat in the 90s? And He like lived kind of there. I think there were like you're talking about like water.
1: The reality show he was on. He
2: had? No, it was like uh, he had a buddy that was a cop. Maybe he was a cop too. I do think there are just a lot of waterways that aren't like. Oh, the, you're saying like he California. he
1: acted on a show.
2: Yeah. It sounds he, vaguely familiar. A sweet boat. Yeah. Like here, we just have the ocean. Just goes down. They have like waterways that come in a little bit like the bay, I guess, in San Francisco. But it feels like there's a lot of those in Florida, like the bay. Gotcha. You know? But they're, yeah, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're they're skinnier, right? right? So you can like see the other side. It'd be like if the bay was close, and Tiburon and the marina were like a, a, a river size
1: width. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, somebody doesn't can that ex- feel like Florida goes down there it, a lot? It, it, it does. I don't. Again, I don't really have a good feel for it. Uh, I haven't been down there. I don't know how many little coves. When I they was have. At, when I was at the Super Bowl, there was a lot of shit like that. Okay. Just
2: that you were just next to water strips, yet the ocean was kind of far away. Gotcha.
1: All right. Well. Uh, I don't know whatever they were on. Somebody can educate us. I kind of felt bad for her, not because I thought she was sympathetic, but because I think anytime you're you're like defending a a family member, a parent, a kid, a sibling, I kind of give you leeway to be irrational. Like her take was completely irrational, right? Like that she couldn't sleep for two days because like it is absolutely. By all means, make fun of her. But first of all, who, who is she? She's not she's not offending Tom Brady or Gronk. Like she's not going on some national TV show saying they're pieces of crap. So, hey, who cares? Now, again, the Internet was being very funny and I appreciate the humor. I wasn't even offended for her. I just my basic take was she's such an it was just such an easy target. And I don't blame somebody for having an irrational take when it's their dad, their dad's involved. You know what I mean? Like, she views that trophy differently than literally everyone else that views it. Tom Brady's got seven of them. They mean as much to him as anything he's done in his professional life. But she views it as the thing her dad made. So I don't know. I just... You
2: tipped me off to this years ago when we were in radio, because I, I would say it's pretty polarizing when someone close, let's use like a Mahomes fiancé, it's happened to Aisha a couple times they throw their hat in the ring of a take, like a take fest. And they defend, I don't know, their son or husband or fiancé. Mary Babbers. What I mean, right? what, what the fuck do you think Mary Babbers, Draymond's mom, is going to say? Like, yeah, Draymond sucks. Or Aisha's like, you know, Curry's just not getting it done. God damn it. You know, I'm, I'm with Twitter. Right? It's like Mahomes' fiancé is like, what a raging pussy. Tough this... Th- Toe an injury out. Like, no, they always have the opposite take where if the grain is going against their significant other or family member, they quadruple down. No shit. Now this one, I would say there's a chance. Like that one, if it's like when it's a game, right? And it's the, the the family member, like Tom Brady's dad, sometimes gets mad over things about Tom. Like, whoa, you, you didn't think he'd get a, a Ryan Grixon's side on that one? <laughs> you know, did, didn't see that coming. This one, I do wonder, because I, I think it's a potential, what if she was a big Chiefs fan or grew up a Colts fan? There's a <laughs> hatred for Tom. Because yeah. you would say he's... There are people throughout the country that if he's ruined your team a lot, you might have a specific hatred toward him. Did
1: she? Here's the other thing that doesn't make her look good. Did she like go to a local TV station and tell them, like, I, I want to do an interview? That never it, looks it good. One, Calling a local TV the, station. It was
2: one of those for me, so many people were on it. I refuse to watch more than like 10 seconds of the video, even though I saw the gist. I'm like, I can't. I don't even give a shit about this lady.
1: I'm glad you said that because I should admit that I didn't watch the video at all, even though it was retweeted on my timeline five trillion times. Uh, Just out of that, because I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to. I don't care enough because I know that it's her dad. There's nothing, I don't even care what she, I don't care. I don't care. I
2: mean, once I saw like, Jim Cramer and Brooks Kepka going like, "Okay, Karen,
1: I, I'm just like yeah, this is too And much. that that's to me where I'm like, God, "Like, can we just dial but it God, back but, a little bit?" But, <laughs> but, but I see, do here's enjoy my good... pushback. If she doesn't have a Twitter handle
2: or she's not on Instagram, does she hear any of that? It's like when the when the tree falls in the forest, there ain't a soul around. Yeah, does I, any of no. that make like, who cares?
1: None of it matters. And the second you put yourself on TV, <laughs> fine. Uh, what was the other one you made me think of? Somebody who went uh, who went public. In their defense of a loved one. I don't know. but
2: I mean, it, it happens pretty consistently every year in a, basically all the sports multiple times. And there always is an a, a initial pushback if they're against the grain. And I, I never comprehend it. Like, what do you ever think Tom Brady's dad is? What, what side do you think he's going to pick? Because it's not rational. It's literally love slash, when it's significant others, the mother of their children slash the people that pay for the, like it's like their team effort. Like they're, they're in this thing together. (laughs) I I don't people. And this is why John Middlecoff's trying to get away from social media. It's just so fake. This one was an easy one to make fun of her. Like I get it. Yeah, I do. I get, she put herself out there, but I, I would say like, because she does, like, what is her connection? Like, did her dad actually make that trophy? Or did he just make the original trophy?
1: I don't know. She views that as his, that's his work. When she sees it, she sees her dad's work. Again, I didn't yeah, watch the me, video at all, so <laughs> take that with a grain of yeah, salt. if he made that, uh, the
2: way I took it, the little bit I watched, he made the original trophy. There are countless trophies made every year for the team to keep. Right. Right. Uh, for, yeah, no, I I think that is what happened. If, I'm if just he saying. doesn't make those, do you agree, it lessons. if he just... Came no. up with the original idea. I just he she views it like a cop every trophy is a copy of his piece of art.
1: Yeah. See, like that's I don't think the, the, he Mona, made that the
2: original trophy. Mona Lisa. If there's ten other Mona Lisas and I'm ripping up a fake. Yeah, Mona you Lisa, shouldn't be on the
1: Mona. I'd be offended if I made the original Mona Lisa.
2: Yeah, see, that's what that'd be my pushback. You're, that's, I, I You then
1: kind of go with the grain.
2: Yeah, I I
1: you're that's my work. That right there is my work. But like I said. You're
2: right, though. That little clip of her bitching and moaning, was made to get destroyed <laughs> on social media. Like, that is what so- social media lives. They are piranhas, and that is just like chicken or red meat sitting right there. Yeah. Or I guess piranhas eat anything, right? Putting a hand. That is just piranhas circling. That, th- they live for that moment. Because whether you like Tom, hate Tom, whatever, that's just an easy one. Like, okay.
1: Easy to pile on. Very easy to pile on. Yeah. It's always easy to pile on. You were uh, chased for uh, Kevin's comeback. It was. Uh, I don't know if I've said this before. I'll say it now, and it's not a unique take. I don't see how that they're going to win the championship. Uh, the next, they don't play any defense. Well, they don't play defense. Steve Nash not happy about it. John. He's trying to get him to play defense, but I don't. I've never really been too hard line on what and what kind of defense NBA teams play in February. You know, especially when they've got guys that have won. Like, let's just we'll get to the we'll get to the playoffs, then we'll see what they do. I just look at them like that. My basic take on them is they've got three guys that do unstoppable stuff. Three! Kevin does unstoppable stuff. Kyrie does unstoppable stuff. Do you know who's leading the NBA in assists right now? James Harden. He's 11 a game. He's doing unstoppable stuff. And then he just, sometimes he wants to do a little wiggle step back. I saw Simmons Instagram
2: a guy, because you're there, you don't get to watch them. I can't tell you the broadcast. They were... It, it has to be incredible for NBA players to have Rachel Nichols on your side. I mean, you could you could literally, if you wanted to get traded, go to the locker room if Houston, any team you're on, take a shit in the middle of the locker room, wipe and throw the throw what you wiped with in the coach's locker room, get traded, and they would map it out like you know, just it wasn't fitting his culture. James said that some of the negative the negative stuff in Houston. Bothered him because he doesn't feed off negative energy. Positive guy. He likes. It's like guy. And, and listen, I buy that about. I buy now, that he
1: believes that John. I do buy that. He But think how stupid that is. Well, yeah. We it's that. but you. Yeah, he created his own reality. But I buy that he believes that he feeds off positivity.
2: And, and I don't. Whether he wanted, I don't even necessarily blame him. And they talked about in the broadcast, like if he crossed the line. And Jeff Van Gundy had a good point. If he and I think Deshaun's dealing with this right now. And Van Gundy was like, if he didn't make it basically as ugly as he possibly could, they were not going to trade him. Right. So like he had to do that to get where he wanted to go. So there is, listen, I, I've been at places I hated to. Uh, just not to the nuclear option. Or, or did everything. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do think Deshaun is going to have to go a little hard. And I think it's hard. Maybe it was even hard for Harden. He'd just been there so long, he's kind of become numb to it. It's probably hard for Deshaun to go super, super nuclear. Because it does feel like... I think if you're a high character guy that you feel like you can go into like AB territory fast and people can like think of you like that, right? Even though You I, can I
1: also change it quickly, like harden, it'll be it'll by next year it'll be back to a oh, hard. Plus Harden's with, you've got Kyrie and KD. Who even cares? Yeah. They did play. I thought so they do the whole so I was at Chase on Saturday night. They do the whole thing, John. Like, the video board, the intros, the lights, the smoke machine. They got not one, two DJs spinning during warm-ups, the whole thing. Does uh, that place sweet? I've never been there. Uh, it is. I, I've i been there a few times now, and I like it. Um, I haven't been there for... Have I been there for a basketball game? I don't think so. You Uber? Or you parked there, over there? Well, now it's all. I mean, I drove and parked in a in a meter oh, yeah. where everyone's parking and not getting ticketed. So, I mean, it's not even real life.
2: What would you do if, like, you were going, let's just say you, you and Alyssa were going to go to a game? Would, normal times, would you I'd probably Uber or would you I'd drive? I'd probably over there?
1: drive. Like, you know, when you go to uh, Oracle Park, the baseball stadium, <laughs> ATT, like, I would park over on, like, Thurman Harrison and walk. Now, this is a further walk, so I wouldn't do that. Is that a
2: pretty good trek?
1: Well, I'm saying for baseball, and- that's where I would usually park. I'd park over there, and then walk like 15 minutes to the park. I don't know what I'll do at Ch- like because I, re- I was there. Alyssa went to a college basketball game there, and I remember she told me she had to walk like several blocks just to get an Uber to get out of that area. How, how long is the walk from the baseball stadium? 15 minutes. Yeah, probably because you got to go. You know, on the other side of McCovey Cove, there's that yeah. big parking lot. You got to go past there, plus another three or four blocks. So, it's a good track. Yeah, it's it's in in fifteen minutes in city walking. It's not that far, but I would imagine that you know people will park over in that parking lot. I think they use that as a parking lot for Chase.
2: Where you park for baseball games? Yeah. Remember we I went know to a what World Series party. Yeah, Heidi White and he get us into a World Series party. Like yes. you're talking that parking lot over there, right?
1: Was that World Series or was that World Baseball Classic? I
2: thought it was World Series because the Giants were playing okay. the uh, Royals.
1: Yeah, maybe it was. Yes, back Remember in there they
2: call it a sweet ass thing.
1: Yeah, they call it um Remember they,
2: back when people could just live? <laughs> no, that was a long time
1: ago. What do they call uh Mission Rock is what that's called now. Yeah. I don't know why, what what I would do otherwise. Because there's not like, you know, there's a couple garages. I don't know that area that well, but um I uh so they do the whole deal though. Like the lights, they did a video for Katie. There's some people they got like, you know, Bob Myers and Joe Lacob, they're all sitting Kirk Lacob and other uh, front office people are all sitting kind of courtside in folding chairs that are all six feet apart. And then there's some people sprinkled kind of throughout the stands. Not a lot of them, but friends and family. And I think maybe some like, you know, VIP type, maybe uh, minority owners or something. I don't front people that work for the organization, maybe get to sit up there sometimes.
2: I give them credit that like whenever Anthony Slater takes a picture, you sent me a video last night. No fans. And given that no one else is there, it's not like there's really that many media. If this was football, zero chance. Now, football people wear a suit to the game. No chance in that scenario. And are they still wearing suits? Well, even the like, coaches aren't wearing suits. Like, couldn't they just wear normal clothes?
1: I guess you're sitting on the floor. I respect them keeping the dress code high. I do, too. Bob Myers I, that, got I, all, is all these suits. Discipline. Was he going to stop wearing them? Yeah, it I guess so when you're 6'7 and skinny, you're made for them. So. <laughs> it's a pretty unique for them, probably, viewing experience. For the players, it's pretty Is there amazing. music going on when the game's going? Uh they do everything the same. They do everything the same. They played a big So welcome. it's not as loud, it's not as loud
2: as like the baseball game was. Remember when you went to the A's game? The baseball, baseball game
1: had all players. this fake noise, but it was uncomfortably bad. I was at the Coliseum, maybe their speakers are worse. Worse, they play artificial noise at Chase, but it feels right. Like it doesn't feel disruptive. More natural. Yeah. Um, I give him a lot of credit for the game. Like, they do, from a player standpoint, it's probably pretty hard. The players do not take the starting lineups nearly as seriously as they do when there's fans there. Like, yeah. I don't even think Kyrie was out for the starting lineup. KD, after the Nets were introduced, then he started running out to the floor, and all the Nets were like, Screwing around, like pretending like, yeah, here comes Kevin. Like they were kind of screwing around with him. Yeah. I don't know if S- Steph maybe eventually came out. because So he it's probably time.
2: like a running joke in the league about how are we supposed to take warm up seriously? The, the lineups, they now.
1: do not take them seriously. <laughs> but I love more than, From North Carolina! Uh, John, I think one of the best things in sports, if I go to an event, a sporting event, I really want to be there for lineups. I think the Giants for many years have done lineups really well. NBA lineups are so cool. Like the whole video and the lights come down. Like yeah. to me, of my of the hundred dollars I spent on a ticket, even though it's probably like one eighty, let's say hundred dollars. Like fifty of those dollars are for the start for an NBA game or for the lineups. It's really one thing football doesn't have: sweet lineups. I love starting lineups. Honestly, the NBA intro is
2: such. Once the game starts, it's almost like a little bit of a letdown. it is. You go to a good place, you know, it's rocking. You're like because it's so the place goes dark, it goes nuts. I'll never forget watching the the MJ documentary. Just you know, just that music kind of gets your just the hair on the back of your neck stand up. You're like, this is badass. It, you know, college football is a big deal. I you know, it's just it matters, but it's a huge part of it. It's the show for the fans, right? That's why they do it. You're introducing them to the arena that's watching them play. Yep. What's the point? You could argue that they're bitching and moaning about the anthem. What is the point of doing the starting lineup with no fans? Just just uh, a routine. I think the routine. It, when if you seasoned, didn't do it, would you have noticed if they just started the game?
1: Yeah, I think it would have felt kind of weird. For the players, it would have felt weird. I think, you know, Joe Lacombe's there. He's so like, I've spent all this money. I want the lineup. <laughs> I know. Right? And my other thought was, for all the people that work there, you're still employing them. So I don't want the season to suddenly have fans, and we haven't done lineups in eight months because we've been taking it easy here. Like, let's do the lineups. We made the video. Let's do the damn thing. So I appreciate it. You know, you stay on your game. The PA guy, I mean, he's still yelling like, I give him credit because he's got to be like, make some noise! Like, he just sticks to the script. Like, you got to just treat it real game speed. It, it can't
2: be probably overstated what a shitty card you're dealt. Like, if you had built a brand new stadium, I'd say between like 2010 and 2015, even if your team sucked in one of these sports, you bank some cash, especially in football and basketball because the sweet money. So as shitty as this year is that you had to kick out all the fans, you could like Jed, he made so much money, even in, he had bad teams a lot of those years in Levi's, right? This is only this is his first good Levi's team last year. But he had made so much cash. It was like, okay, we can handle a couple years. If you're Joe or the guys in Vegas or Stan in LA, the thing gets built and Corona comes. Because if if you if Joe had, had two years, like let's say 18, 19, and then Corona hits, think how much money he just would have you know and he made a lot in Oracle, but he would have quadrupled that there with concerts you just get cut off but you're it, the note you know he still owes every Steph's month whatever contract he's for is still the thing.
1: Steph's contract yeah yeah that has to suck
2: and i know he's mad specifically because he had this big thing he was going to test everyone that came in and now these other cities like I think New York's going to start allowing the, the Knicks are going to start allowing fans MSG. Like he's going to be the last same with the LA people, the last people to have fans. Somebody was telling country.
1: me, I was talking to S- uh, Slater. I don't know if he went to Dallas or he was just talking about, I think he went to Dallas. Maybe somebody went to Dallas and was saying like, it's like, it's you're not in terms of like for a basketball game. It's like, it's not even the same. It doesn't, you know, it feels like nobody there. It feels like a totally different world. One other yeah. thing I was going to say, we talk about like the NBA loves talking about Kyrie and like, he's such a, Kind of controversial, I guess. Figure in the NBA players, he and Draymond hugged twice before the game during a timeout. He came over to the Warriors' bench area, walked behind the Warriors' bench, and like had a conversation with Clay. Like hugged Clay. Be- clearly, was like checking on Clay. Like, hey man, how you doing? How you feeling? You know, looking forward to. I just you could tell from the conversation that's what he went over there to do. In like the well, middle of the team third USA. quarter, he's
2: played on Team USA with all these guys. Like he's known him for. A long yeah, time. I
1: mean, all these guys are Clay.
2: They do have a lot in common with them. Did right? they show
1: Clay they- on TV? Yeah, I mean, what was he wearing? <laughs> I watched him through the – I took binoculars, and I watched him a couple of times during huddles, and he's clearly just like – he wants to come out of his skin. Just watch. He's like talking to himself. He's throwing his arms around. He's like rubbing his head hard. Like he's just – he clearly is just coming out of his skin, not playing well, Think basketball.
2: about this. Kyrie, I mean, he literally just quit on his team, didn't tell anyone where he was going. Weird dude. But for like Draymond, Steph, and Clay, they don't have that many equals in the NBA. Like they can really share like moments of like greatness with or against Kyrie. They played him every year in the finals for like three years. And those guys have been on Team USA with him when he was better than they were viewed. Right. Yeah. Kyrie was viewed probably in like 2013, 14, better than Steph or Clay. Then they kind of passed him or at least like. Steph's definitely better. You could say him and Clay. I'd rather have Clay, but like one thing, if Kyrie cares, like he can score forty on anybody on any given night. Can't, he
1: can be unstoppable. Yeah,
2: those those guys when they were like, you could tell early on, like the Warriors got no shot. Like there's just Curry could go for fifty night. They're gonna and look he to wasn't once
1: he was like one of eight from three early in the game. They, um, you, Kevin is fucking just a dominant figure.
2: <laughs> it's stupid. I it just I can't imagine those guys on the sideline like Joe Bob thinking like. We had this guy. Like, we had him. Yeah. And we, for whatever reason, maybe it was
1: out of our I control. I think it's out of their control. I Anthony Slater wrote a good piece, a really good piece in The Athletic. It was like the top 10 things that happened when Kevin was there. And I was what talking was to worst? him. Huh? What was like the number one, the Draymond thing? Oh, I don't, yeah. It was just, it was, I don't remember the order of it, but it was basically like, he just went through every big moment. Didn't Bob Kevin. Fitzgerald make fun of him? At a, well, was that, that was, he, he briefly hit that, like the joke at the, uh, parade at the parade but like the you know the press conference we was wearing the white Sox hat even slater was like you know i kind of forgotten until i went back and watched all this stuff how how crazy each of these stories was like in the moment and you stacked them up and there were just so many of them right the the ethan thing when he e- refused that to talk for Sox. like three yeah. weeks and the warriors
2: for people listening that don't follow the warriors that closely i would say of any team in pro sports their stars are as easily accessible through like as a media member to talk to them and through the PR guys as they're going to be in the league. And when Kevin just disappears and refuses to talk, like that was a pretty big deal around here. And then he does the thing with Ethan's calling him out. <laughs> and my, my take has always been consistent with that is, and I see this with Robert Sala with Sam Darnold. I think Kevin did not feel comfortable constantly lying. Cause the he thing just, was he was going to leave the same question. Yeah, I right. know. It was I'm at a leave. time you when everyone to, said you're going to you leave. You want me to just be like, yeah, I'm fucking out. So you better win it this year because I'm gone. Right. You guys all know it. I know it. What well, You keep asking me the same fucking questions. I'm not going to answer it. Uh,
1: I. By the way. But he, but he said to Ethan, he pointed at I know. Ethan. He said, Ethan, Strauss. Isn't that when Stephen A came on, did a thing, was like, this is what I would say to Ethan Strauss? He's a damn good reporter. <laughs> uh it did But and didn't Ethan, didn't Ethan drop him? What do you mean? Yeah. Or something. <laughs> I need to go back and watch it. I have not gone back to watch it. I do it.
2: too. I'm gonna do that when we get um, up the podcast.
1: It, All of this about Clay, though, reminded me of what I was gonna say earlier when we were talking about people defending their kin unapologetically. The one person who doesn't do it is Michael Thompson. He's the one guy that'll be like, Yeah, what is Clay doing? <laughs> <laughs> he'll call clay out and like start a controversy yeah. that no one was even talking about
2: i wouldn't even just say Clay like, controversy, he'll be hard like
1: he'll be like yeah the warriors aren't moving
2: the ball well enough right now yeah he be like damn you're like tom brady's dad would never be like you know i i don't really love the offensive philosophy the patriots have been going with in 2017 right. like michael thompson but I, I think people are numb to it they're like oh yeah michael, just michael. have as a take Yep.
0: <laughs> all right uh oh, on that note talk.
1: everybody good hanging